we live in a world today that's so hard that everybody seems to be super stressed out um, with good measure. Everybody seems to be worried about and kindness. You know, there's no kindness in the in the world right now. It's things are getting really bad and having moments where you can reflect on the positive and and being a good steward of your gifts. You know, those are the things that I try to focus on doing now. We believe that you are strong by design and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. You're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life in today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to the Strong by Design podcast. I'm your host for today's show, Tanya Fine. So I have Zeke on with me today, and he has quite an amazing story to share with you. Now, I met Zeke, um, I think maybe two years ago, and I met him primarily um, in terms of one business that he was doing. But I was reintroduced to him just a few weeks ago through a mutual friend and actually didn't realize that Zeke has quite an inspiring story. So we have him on the show today to talk about all of this with with all of you and uh, learn more about it. So Zeke, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for letting me be here. It's uh, an honor and a privilege to share a little bit about myself and my story and help to motivate others out there. Yeah, well, I think definitely the, the bits and pieces that I have are definitely motivating and actually they're very inspiring, but um, I can't wait to hear from you and share with our listeners more detail about it. So, I mean, to look at you, you're incredibly fit and one would think, well, this is a guy who's just always been this way, but that wasn't always the case, was it? No, no, not at all. Um, okay, so share with us. Yeah. What, where, so, share with us from, from the beginning. <laughs> Okay. Um, so I was diagnosed with scoliosis and kyphosis in my spine in 2014. Um, you know, I grew up a, a kid that played video games and um, just was kind of a, a slug. And, you know, I was active. I rode my bikes with kids in the neighborhood and, and things like that. But one thing that crept up on me was posture issues. And the more that you research this and um, find out, you know, some people say it's hereditary and then you'll talk to other people and say, well, that's an old wives tale. This happens from traumatic um, and a traumatic experience. So traumatic being like a baby was dropped on his head. Um, and I remember my older brother used to always babysit me and spin me in the, uh, the chair at the bar, you know, like we had a countertop with like these spin tables and uh, or not spin tables, but spin chairs and he would always talk about how he'd spin me and then just stop me and watch my head do this. And he thought that was funny. Um, so maybe I fell over one time when he was babysitting me, who knows, but I do remember getting hit in the head with a soccer ball, um, very hard, but things like that could also trigger, um, issues with your spine, especially when you're a teenager and developing. So, um, who knows, but one way or the other, I was diagnosed with scoliosis and kyphosis in my spine when I was 14 and a half, and I was given um, enough time, or I was told I had enough time to correct those issues on my own if I wanted to. It was totally up to me. Um, I had just enough growth platelets left in my body to be able to um, try to correct that curvature, and that is something that can be corrected. You know, the spine is um, pliable, so even somebody who's 
uh, 40, 50, 60 years old that has these issues with the proper, you know, uh, rehabilitation or seeing the proper doctors. There's one actually um, in Central Florida and Orlando that's very good. Um, he he requests that you're there an entire week. So basically, if you have a vacation week, you know, you stay with him and you're in a hotel and then you're in constant rehab through different um, tables that he has and different exercises for traction of your neck to help the curve communicate the curve in your neck communicate with the curve in your lower back and your thoracic which is your your mid region so all those things combined uh can help your back uh uncurve but uh for me i had you know it was what 1994 because i'm 43 now so uh 1994 to 96 is when i wore this back brace and um it was a tough period for me too because i was awarded a scholarship at a very prestigious school called Woodbury Forest uh, in Virginia. So that was a school where, you know, it was an all boys school. And it reminds me of that old Robbins Williams movie. But um, that was similar to how it was where dead poet society. So it's like, you know, you're in, um, you had to wear a collared shirt every day, you had to wear a belt, you know, it wasn't a crazy dress code, but it was you weren't allowed cars on campus. So if you wanted to go to the mall, it was a sign up sheet. And we all got on a bus and went to the mall. Um, if we wanted a mixer with a girls' school, it was a sign-up sheet for a mixer, you know, a dance mixer. So it was uh, very um, protected. And it was over uh, 3,000 acres that we had as well up there. We had a nine-hole golf course. So um, there was a lot of very wealthy kids that went to that school. I went on scholarship, but with me having the back brace, you know, uh, there was a lot of hazing towards that freshman year. You know, of course it was, you know, kids would knock on my back brace um, as we're waiting for the lunch doors to open. So it was a time where, you know, you're trying to make friends. It's very influential part of your life as a teenager. And then throw on top of it that you're, you know, this kid at a all boys prep school trying to, to make it in your academics. It was, a lot of stuff combined and thrown at you at one time. So there was no real way to escape any of that, you know? Um, and it was, I was able to work out in the the gym. So you, you were forced, I say forced because it was a requirement you're required to play a sport every trimester. And that was a competitive sport. It was great intentions because you're developing relationships with your peers. But for me, I didn't have that time. I, if I, chose to do something like that i wasn't doing the rehab i wasn't doing the exercises that i needed to to correct my spine right. to save my life so yeah. as i went into the the gym room i was actually uh allowed to just do that which was called physical fitness that was only allowed for the juniors and seniors because they wanted the freshmen and sophomores to compete in the sport or to participate in the sport so right from the get-go, you know, it was like I was antisocial, but I didn't mean to be. It wasn't by choice. So it was a little harder to make friends. So there was a lot going on there. But um, at what I did at that time is I just looked towards magazines. I, at the time it was health and fitness magazines, um, muscle and fitness, flex magazine. It was bodybuilders. It was guys that had muscle that had these physiques that I looked up to and I thought if I look anything like this person, I'm not going to have any problems. So 
I just mimicked what I saw in these magazines as far as the exercises go. I had some rehab sessions, but they be began to be so expensive that we just couldn't afford for me to go three and four times a week like they wanted me to. So I kind of self-taught myself and pivoted all of my training towards teaching myself. And through those magazines, I found out who was also good in the industry because you see repetitive faces, you know, this thing com called competing, this thing called nutrition, you know, what is all this? And as I put all the pieces together, um, there was a guy named Lee Haney who was eight times Mr. Olympia. Um, he won more championships than Arnold Schwarzenegger, but Arnold went to the movies and fame. Lee was more of a family man. He was a Christian man that grew up in um, South Carolina. So he was more of a country boy. And um, when he finished competing, he kind of recluse from the sport. He went back to his family. I mean, his wife had was diagnosed with cancer and he fasted. You know, he was a bodybuilder fasting. So as a as a teenager, trying to understand that and the spiritual aspect of it too at such an early age, it was a great mentor for me to have. And I think it was God placed that guy in my life for a reason at that time. Um, and when we set up a personal training appointment with him, because I, I wore this back brace for two years, and the last doctor's appointment, the um, surgeon said, well, congratulations, you don't have to wear this back brace anymore. Um, you don't have to have the surgery either. Well, I just, here was the finish line, but I didn't want to stop running. You know, I, I taught myself nutrition. I taught myself all these exercises. I had grown my body. I, I mean, we had kitchens and, and all our dormitories, and I was the one that was always at the sink cooking my own food and putting it in the refrigerator. So I um, wanted to see how far I could take this thing called, you know, bodybuilding or competitions. And that's when I reached out to Lee Haney. My grandparents were still alive at the time. They lived in Sandy Springs, which is a suburb right outside of Atlanta. And we used that as a opportunity for me to promote myself to him, for me to show him what I accomplished on my personal resume, so to speak, up to that point. And he was $250 an hour. And my dad made a personal training session with his wife who, who ran all of his personal stuff for the training. And uh, we showed up that first day and it was really a literally a t-shirt moment. Like I have a picture of me sitting in his own office chair with him and his hand on my side. And I'm wearing this, I've trained with Lee t-shirt. Uh, but during that workout, it was an upper body workout, which was, you know, great. But in the sport, as people that are probably listening to this right now, they know that you can't look like the Kool-Aid man. You know, you have to train your legs as much as you train your upper body. And for for me, I did that, but this was just an upper body workout. Almost anybody can do an upper body workout, right? So at the end of the workout, um, got the t-shirt and I said a little bit about my life. And I told Mr. Haney, I said, you know, I'd love for you to train me. Hey, I live local. Can I come down and maybe you help me periodically? And it was the start of the summer when we were doing this training session. And he said, well, you know, I'm really busy. I have this thing called the Harvest House that I'm doing. And we were like, what's that? And he said, it's taking underprivileged kids off the streets of Atlanta, teaching them about farming, teaching them about countryside, all the stuff I grew up with. It's really taking up a lot of my time right now. But why don't you come back tomorrow? We'll, we'll train legs. Let me see how you do in your legs. 
And I said, okay, well, we'd love to, to do that, but we don't really have the money to, to pay for another session. And he leaned over and he's like, I didn't say you had to pay me. So that was, that was awesome because I couldn't sleep that night. Um, went back home to my, my grandparents' house and we showed back up again and his gym was in a, uh, parking garage. So what, what you do is you park, but then you're, you're still in the parking garage and you're walking through the front door of the gym. It was super safe because he was right next to the police station. So you have half the parking garage's police cars, and then you have people going to the gym. And I, I was like, okay, well, the, even though it was in a bad part of town, it was super safe, the location. So um, that magazine happened to be, so if you know about uh, production, um, magazine production and things, uh, periodicals, they're, what the pictures are, in the month um, that you see now, in the issue that you see now, those are not the pictures that were done last week. It's usually three or four months ago because there's always a slight delay in the production part of it. You know, they have to set it up, editing, everything. Um, but just so happens to be that that exact month had this eight-page spread on Lee Haney. So as I was training with this man, I'm, I've got the month that he's in the magazine as well. So I'm looking at all the pictures of his house and you know, he's got his arm up on his um, mantle of his fireplace with all his Sandow trophies and his yellow Corvette Stingray, all this stuff. You know, parachute pants, because those were popular in the 80s. And um, So when we parked in the gym that day for the leg workout, we were walking towards the gym and we heard this amazing rumble, kind of like how kids blast their stereos now. And, you know, it echoes. Well, this was the rumble of the engine of that yellow Corvette Stingray. So, you know, we were just, my dad and I both kind of stopped and our jaws were dropped. And it was pulling around and we kind of waved. And he parks, we waited on him. We all walked in at the same time. And he was wearing a fanny pack when fanny packs were cool. They're making a comeback now. They're but, making a comeback. They are. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, we walked in right next to him. He didn't go to his office. He didn't go to the bathroom. He didn't do anything. Uh, we went straight to the gym floor and we did our leg workout. And back then um, there was a, a machine called a vertical leg press. And I have not seen one in the past 15 years anywhere, but they're in dungeon gyms. If you can find one, they're in old school gyms, but the risk and the liability of them is so great that they've been mostly removed from the gyms now. But you're, it's an, a machine where you're basically on your back and your latches are right by your legs as you're laying on your back. So you're, you're seated in this thing kind of like an astronaut would be when he's taking off in a spaceship. Um, and you're leg pressing up a, above your head. So all the weights on you, you know, you screw up, it's literally smashing you. So as even as a, a 17 year old, I was very strong in my legs. Um, my dad played a year of professional sports. My mom was an Olympic alternate swimmer. So I just had genetics that, you know, went to sports. Um, and at that age, I was leg pressing over a thousand pounds, just repping it out. And I remember he was just like staring at this kind of confused. And I never really squatted, but through my training, I taught myself how to work around my spine, like I mentioned before. So I was super strong in all my leg press movements, all the lunges, the things that would allow me to work around um, not having to do the spinal compression movements. So 
he said, uh, we, we finished that workout, went back to his office and he said, wow, that was a, a great workout. You know, I've been thinking about what you asked me and I wanted to see if you wanted to come down and, and train. I'm training Shannon Sharp right now. I'm training Evander Holyfield. Um, would love for you to, to come down here and you can stay at your grandparents' house. And he unzipped his fanny pack and he pulled out this workout program and this diet program. He already had all this written for me. And the reason why I was mentioning before that he never went to the bathroom, never went to his office when we walked in together is because that future was around his waist the entire time. So it was up to me to be able to rise to the occasion, to be able to shine on the floor and get him interested enough to be able to move forward. Because he, we could have just gone back to his office and he said, you know, sorry, it's just not the right time. And I would have never known my future was in that fanny pack the whole time. So I use that and think about it a lot with challenges, even as an adult, because you never know how your future is written. You could have an opportunity to speak in front of large crowds and you, you your fear is speaking in front of large crowds. You could have the opportunity to um, be chosen for a specific sport or, or a job or an opportunity. And you've, you've always got this fear of, are you going to make it? Are you going to be the best? And just turning that into faith and turning that into something that you you just press forward you you continue to 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 pray um you know if you're a faith building person you believe that you are going to succeed no matter what and that is something that i've used throughout my adult livelihood as well because i reflect back on moments like that where you never know like there's you all, you hear probably all the time people are always watching you it's true i mean people are watching you they're either trying to learn from you or they're trying to they look up to you or they're they're wanting to have an answer to their own problem but they don't quite know how to ask but if they see something or they see you do something it might give them an answer so i'm always thinking about those situations and being where we're, we live in a world today that's so hard that everybody seems to be super stressed out and um, with good measure everybody seems to be worried about um, and kindness, you know, there's no kindness in the, in the world right now. It's things are getting really bad and having moments where you can reflect on the positive and, and being a good steward of your gifts. You know, those are the things that I try to focus on doing now. Wow. That's really an, an amazing story. And you, you clearly have a very strong base in your faith. Um, how, I mean, taking into account, like clearly you're very, um, you're very focused. Uh, you know, you can, you can pick a goal and go for it. Um, you don't seem very easily derailed or distracted. So how much, um, how, how am I trying to ask this? How much of who you are and who you continue to become, would you say is, uh, you could say, well, this is be because of my faith and I have that. And also because I just have this mindset and I'm just wired this way. Um, your question is how much of that can yeah, like who, who you are today and who you continue to become, how much would you attribute to having a very strong uh, faith basis and how much of it is because you're, you're wired, you're just, you know, you're wired to yeah. be successful and driven and hit your goals. 
That's a great question um, because I do come from a, a driven background because I feel like I, I need to get things done. I've, I've never been a lazy person. At first, I feel like it was fear-driven. But when you truly understand the definition of fear and what's behind fear, it's fears demonic like there's at least it is for me when you're when you're you're faith-based and you you can pray to a higher power and in the snap of a finger things are going to turn around that's what faith is it might not be that you're getting your answer right now but it could also be that you have such a calling on your life that god's testing you ah so that's um that's some very profound perspective you know, that, that, that really is. And I think that's, I think that needs to be like on a billboard somewhere, you know, especially now, especially now it feels like things are unraveling a lot and there's a lot of distraction and a lot of excuses that people can make to not keep going, you know, like just forget it, get lazy, get complacent, get complacent. So I love that. I love that you said that now. I guess no. I'm sure by now our listener is going to be wondering, okay, does he work with people? Does he help people? So I know you work in one capacity, but is this, is this something that you do for? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. So I actually have a, so I (laughs) can kind of continuing my, you make a long story even longer. Uh, From training with Lee, I went after a guy named Chris Aceto, who was a world ranked nutritionist um he took me under his wing i had lee haney on my resume i won a national championship a teenage national championship when i was 18 i got second when i was 19 and then from that i mean i wasn't in it for the fame i was in it to save my life but because of how much i had accomplished so quickly i rose to a level where people wanted to work with me people wanted to be trained by me people looked up to me. I was 19 years old, but I had 30 and 40 year olds looking up to me wanting to change their life and save their life or asking me what they should do with an exercise movement or their diet. And I thought, you know, I could turn this into a business. So that's what I did. And I had surreal body solutions from age 18 to 35. And I was blessed enough to train some of the um, best in the world, um, from athletes, movie stars, um, entrepreneurs. I was, uh, the late Dexter Yeager's personal trainer. He's the one that actually got me to Florida the first time. Um, and he was in Charlotte, North Carolina and found me. That's, that's a funny story. Cause he pulls up, I was working in a nutrition store. He pulls up in this convertible, uh, Bentley without a shirt on and, these short shorts, uh, black penny loafers, uh, sunglasses, and a fanny pack. I mean, you would think you're in South Beach. And I remember looking looking around the corner, and I'm like, who is this guy? And I'm like, Don, you take him. And <laughs> I was like, I'm going in the back. So uh, so this guy walks in, and I'm kind of hanging out in the back, and I, he's got a raspy voice like this. And I... I'm like, who is this guy? I want to see what he says. That I've kind of, I've got my head tilted. I'm listening. He goes, I'm looking for Zeke samples, and I went, Oh no! I'm like, Who is this? What does he want me? So I kind of pop my head around the corner, and uh, he's like, Hey, I I heard you're really good at personal training. So we just started talking a little bit, and 
um, he's like, I've got a gym at my house. He told me who he was and I knew his name because of Amway. Like he's one of the godfathers of Amway. And I'm like, okay, so I know who you are now. You're not just some weird person. And um, he's like, can you come to my house? Are you doing anything right now? And Don was the owner of the store. He's looking at me. He's like, go. Because Don is like, hey, in all support, like this is amazing. He was just listening to the whole conversation. And uh, he Dexter said, can you come to my house and look at my gym right now? And Don was like, I looked at Don like, can I leave? And Don's like, yeah. And I was like, okay. So I remember we both, now where I'm in the car with this guy. So now I'm like this big guy that's next to this guy without a shirt on. And like, I didn't think about that, but now we're both driving in this convertible, you know, um, down the road, a good, you know, 10 minutes because we're, we're leaving an industrial section near the highway. So it's tons of red lights, tons of cars. There's a theme park down the street called Carowinds, like all these people. And I'm sitting here now going, um, but we make it to his house, and I mean, it was one of the most influential people I've ever trained because he taught me, gave me so many life lessons. Uh, introduced me to Robert Kiyosaki, you know, rich dad, poor dad. Just he really poured into me. I was his, um, I was his grandson's roommate, uh, so it was that family really took me in and taught me a lot that I wasn't taught by my own parents and um that that got me to florida um where i trained on an elite team for a while and then i moved back to north carolina um and then moved back to florida again in 2017 but um i got married in uh 2015 and my wife said before she was my wife she said you know i see you competing one more time and i said no i'm not doing that you know that's way too much work i'm never doing that again and she said, well, there's new leagues now. You don't have to do the bodybuilding stuff. And there's, you know, fitness and fashion. And there around 2007, 2008, leagues opened up where it was more about the physique of the body. It wasn't, it, you didn't look like you were on a lot of, let's say, call them supplements. So you, you, you didn't, you weren't, you weren't oversized. You were still like almost athletic looking. So I thought, well, you know, I could compete in those leagues. That that sounds good. And she said, well, here's one called the WBFF. And so I, I looked into it and I'm like, yeah, I could do this. And there was a world championship that was coming up. And I, um, I thought, you know, I can just dive right in and try to get my pro card at the Worlds. And she said, yeah, you should. I'm like, well, we're supposed to be married. And she said, um, well, just go ahead. It doesn't matter. We can put the honeymoon on hold. I'm like, really? So we got married in May of 2015. And as soon as we got married, we went up to see a, a guy that she also found as my coach because Chris Aceto, um, he went through a period of cancer. You know, he, he was kind of, he wasn't attainable for me to start working with again. And fast forward, this was, you know, what, 15 years later anyway. So I kind of migrated to a different coach and um, this guy was a, a Christian guy up in New Jersey, um, Jeff Lopez. But you know, what's, what's funny about <laughs> Jeff is that when we were, when we got to know each other and we were training, there were things he would tell me about my nutrition and my exercise. Like I would be, when you're low calorie, you know, you're, you're under stress, you're, you're, 
wondering what you should do because you're pushing your body into limits that aren't really naturally healthy, but yet you're judged on your appearance in these times. So it's very oxymoronic there, but um, I just couldn't think uh, because brain chemicals were not balanced. And he would say, okay, this is what you're going to do. You're going to do six sets of this. You're going to do five sets of this. And then for your diet, you're going to change this and this. And then he paused, wouldn't say anything for five or six seconds. I'm like, are you still there? He goes, yep. You know what? We're going to change that. God just told me you're not going to do six ounces of chicken. You're going to do four ounces of chicken. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) uh, But, but everything, you know, that he told me, I, I really always felt like it was there was a mission there. There was something that I was supposed to do and it was going to be different than the way this, this industry is really based. I mean, this industry is based on the way you look, the, how many selfies can I take today? I I mean, there's people that I'm friends with on Instagram. I don't think I've seen anything other than a picture of themselves, maybe a picture of their kids and then another picture of themselves again. It's like, how about like the, the nice fall leaves over there or the palm tree or the, it's just, it's crazy how self centered, um, this, this industry can be. And that's something that I never got into it for. And I, I wanted to, I wanted to make this, you know, better. So when we fast forward to the, the world championships, they were in Las Vegas. And I remember listening to, we were on the 42nd floor, I believe. And what was funny was there were athletes that have competed. Like there was a, a world champion, like multiple world champion that was there that I made friends with. And he had a smaller room than me. I, through just the this blessing, like we paid for it and everything, but then they upgraded me because of my status to this room that had a complete corner and a full kitchen in it. Like you just don't get that in Vegas unless you're like a high roller. So these kids found out about it. I'm like, I just offered my place. I said, Hey, if you want to come cook your stuff, I know you're from, you know, Kansas. So if you want to, if you don't have anything, you're welcome to use my, my place. So I just made friends really quickly and that was nice. But I was there even from being that high up in the air, I could still hear the music of the pool and all the stuff going on on the first floor. And I just had my headphones on. And, um, just was listening to an evangelist, I think at that time and just stayed focused. I didn't go out. I didn't do anything. Jeff was with me. I, I just ate exactly what he told me to do, did what I needed to do. And the crazy stuff you put your body through on those last minutes, I remember it was, you know, an hour before you step on stage, eat half a Rice Krispie treat, 30 min- minutes before you step on stage, eat um, and that's running on time, like, right? Like if it's running on time, because those shows can pee all yeah. over the place. Right, right. And then so they weren't supposed to. So I, I made a friend with the girl that was like the one that told us when to leave the room. And she's like, I really can't tell you. And I'm like, please just do this favor for me. And I said, this is my first time here. I just want to make sure that I'm. And she's like, okay, I'll do that. And that was totally not supposed to happen. But she would kind of walk by me and say, you have an hour. And like, keep walking, like she'd do like one of these things and then keep walking. And I was like, okay, thank you so much. So then I did all these little things and it was like a lick of salt before you step on stage. So I had this little piece of salt in a piece of tinfoil. It looks like I'm doing drugs right before I walk up on stage. I'm licking the salt and then I walk up on stage and everything just popped. 
And um, it went from, it was 400 uh, competitors to, you know, this kid backstage was telling me, oh, it's your first time here. When I was meeting everybody, it was like the first day. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm really excited to be here. What's your name? And he told me and told him mine. He goes, you know, it's great that you're here, but they don't ever give it to somebody on their first try. Just letting you know. I'm like, great. Good luck to you too, man. Thanks. Um, (laughs) And and what was funny is I was on stage with him and it went to the top 10 and I was in the top 10. He was too. And then it went to the top five. He didn't get called. So I'm like, huh, okay. So now I'm in the top five and then it went to the top three and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in the top three in the world right now. And this was on pay-per-view. I had my dad watching from home. I had clients watching from home. And they announced third place. That was South Africa. Um, I was second place. And London, England was first place. But just to... I mean, I I was just there because Rebecca said, I see you going to compete one more time. And I feel like I again, I didn't do it for myself. I was there in reflection. I was there for my personal growth mentally. And I was there for other people, you know, because Jeff was there, he he got a lot more recognition and fame and that allowed him to move to Florida. So now he's in another place training and doing more things, um, and was blessed through that. So it's, it's like you have a team and it, it builds up with you. So that was really special to me. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of, that was my last hoorah, but I still do this and I help people. Um, of course I'm in Tampa, Florida now. So if anybody's local, I help them, but I have an online hundred percent natural, um, weight loss uh, clinic that I have as well. So it really focuses on adding people adding years back to life for people, you know, type 2 diabetes. um, It could be somebody who is, uh, wants to lose 15 to 20 pounds a month. The the typical average weight loss is about half a pound a day and it is 100% natural, no drugs, no steroids, no stimulants, um, no Ozempic, none of this garbage. It, It focuses on teaching your body how to backfill nutrients that it's lost. So it focuses on changing the body's pH. Um, you're by by nature, we're acidic. There's so many toxins. Think it's a hundred thousand pounds of toxins that we our bodies consume every day. And toxins are in everything. Toxins can be in suntan lotion. You know, you're little things like that you don't necessarily realize how are there toxins in there but there's there's ingredients there's chemicals there's different things you know if you're walking down the street and here's a school bus at a red light you're breathing in toxins there your body's gonna absorb those toxins and there needs to be ways of flushing those toxins out so it backfills your body's nutrients focuses on uh, leptin receptors for fat loss so um a lot of the foods that we are eating now can suppress and remove a lot of the the natural um, vitamins and nutrients that we have in our body. And being able to put those back into you and balancing your body out allows your body to now continue to burn fat as a fat-burning machine because it has what it needs in order to be regulated. Right. So, 
So I'm sure we got people listening that are just like they're dying to know where can they find you to either find out more about the services that you offer, how, you know, they might this, I can imagine there's people listening that maybe want a program, maybe want help with their weight loss. Where can we find you? Sure. Um, So for now, it's uh, my Instagram is surreal, S-U-R-R-E-A-L, surreal body, H-N, H is in Harry, N is in Nancy, the, the H-N stands for health and nutrition. So it's Surreal Body H-N. And then my website is surrealbodyhn.com. Um, also have a Facebook page called Surreal Body Health and Nutrition. Okay. We're going to, um, we'll put these in the show notes, but I always like to get, get guests with say, because there's people at home, they're going to they're gonna be doing it right now, looking you mm-hmm. up. <laughs> <laughs> So I, there was one thing I want to touch on when you're talking about, because I, I competed uh, for nine years. So I competed in Canada, then I was on the, the New Zealand um, national team and competed in Worlds and all that. And, you know, I, I have spina bifida, so I didn't go into it for the same fortune recognition. It was about, you know, like I remember sitting in a doctor's office being told, well, you have to give up the kickboxing, you have to give up the taekwondo. You have all these things you can't do anymore. And I was in my 40s when I was diagnosed. So it wasn't something that happened right away. And I remember thinking, well, I need to get strong. I need to or I need to do something because I, I could not. I was always active, always involved in sports. Dance was a dancer for years. I remember thinking, oh, I'm not going out like this. Like, no, you know, um, and I'm, I was completely against any kind of surgery to fix it. And. I saw one doctor, just why I was, so I, I was completely no, no, no at all. I went to all these specialists. I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. I remember the last specialist I went to, he walked in and it was like a Doogie Hauser moment. The kid looked about 16 years old. And I thought, oh my gosh. <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, you know, he goes, when I got your, your scans and everything, he said, when I walked in, in to, to the room, I expected to see somebody really old. Cause he said, I saw your spine. He goes, and now looking at you, he goes, I just can't put the two together. He goes, I would never touch you with a knife. I would never you know, uh, recommend surgery. He goes, but do you like to work out? I said, well, yeah, I'm very active. He goes, no, but do you like to like lift weights? I said, well, I do it, um, but not with any kind of focus. You know, I was always in the gym because I needed to do some things to help. I wanted to be a better kickboxer. I wanted to be better at other stuff. And I said, maybe just focus. He goes, focus on you're really building your core strength and just building up, you know, build, increasing your lean muscle. And I'm like, I can do that. And it just, I need to have a goal. So it was, you know, it was when, when I started getting, I started noticing I had a lot less back pain. I was able to, my mobility got better. My life improved. And then I thought, well, I, I need a goal. So I got into the competing. Now, the one thing I'll say is that with the competing, and I don't know how, I, I can't speak for men, but after being in the industry for a few years and then working with female clients after I got out of it, when you get into that, you're in that zone because it is such a, I, I'm sure you can relate, it is such a zone, like you are so, unless you've done it and trained for like high level competitions, it is, it, it, it's, it's everything. You are so, like you're measuring everything, you're counting it, like your life becomes so structured and so tracked because that's how you measure, you measure the progress to get the success. But when I left that world, I struggled for a long time with my relationship with food. 
for a long time. And I mean, knowing like, and I mean, I've got, you know, I've got, I'm I'm university educator. I'm not a stupid woman. And I like my left brain was like, okay, this is a look you're attaining for that. That's three, all of three minutes that you're on stage. You may have been training for seven years, but you get up on stage and it's a short moment. But that look, that look to place is momentary and it's not sustainable. It's not healthy long-term either, but it can be very difficult for people to relax into a normal, sustainable way of living where they're healthy. They still look good. They're not gaining weight, but what would you, what would you say to somebody or or how do you, do you have, have you worked with people that are coming out of whether it's a competition type of uh, life or just something else where the relationship with food is, is a challenge in what you do? Yes, it, it definitely is something that can be a concern. And we have for the, the patients and for the clients that need to have more um, focus on the mental side of it. If, if that's a need, we have a um, naturopath that can actually, she does calls every Monday night and those calls can be completely anonymous. And then from those calls, you're able to ask questions. You're able to, to get pointers um, of what can help you get past some of those you know, breakthrough moments that, that you may need with the, the mental aspect of it. Um, the, the challenges that, that I've seen from people is just from, from us as competitors, you know, we're restricted on all these things that we want to eat the whole time, you know, 12, 16 weeks, however long you're, you're dieting to now being able to eat them. It's like, okay, you can have them tomorrow if you want to. And then if you start to have them or, or, or eat them, then now it becomes something that you can't stop. And a few of the questions that I have on my questionnaire prior to a a one-on-one discovery call with somebody is, uh, do you have addictions to food where you always overeat? Um, Or the other question is, do you, do you eat, are you more comfortable eating away from everybody else? Um, different, different questions that help me gauge the mentality of the person and what we need to really focus on, because that's part of it with the program itself. And then the, the maintenance phases, we, we really help focus on bringing that mental aspect back and, and helping that individual regain the confidence. And a lot of it has to do with the portions of the program that we have. There are some supplements that we have that are completely plant-based supplements. They're very unique and they help reduce some of those cravings because when your body is highly acidic, for example, it's going to crave acidic foods because it thinks, hey, I need to have that. Because most people, they want to lose weight. They, They go to the gym, they start working out, they get on this proverbial diet, they exercise, they start to lose the weight, but then the cravings are still there. And now they're just dieting with willpower and willpower fails everyone. But, but learn at some point, but learning how, how to overcome these things and, and the reasons why you're doing what you're doing within the program, it not only educates you, but it also, while you're being educated, you're losing the weight and it's all making sense. It's kind of like a kid 
you know, you're teaching your kid how to ride a bike with um, training wheels, you know, and they're going to feel confident in that. And now you take the training wheels off they feel like they're about to fall over. But if, if they learn throughout the process, Hey, this is going to keep, keep me safe. Oh, okay. I learned how to do it now. Hey, it's working. Yeah. I got this two wheel stuff and now they're doing wheelies. Yeah. It's because it trains their mind into a, a point. There's a, always a por- portion of confidence and there's always a portion of reality and the two have to come together. And when they do, you can become invincible with what you're trying to do. And that's with anything. Right. So, okay. So that was, um, you know, like you, you have a team and you, um, it's not, you're not just helping people hit their goals. You're actually educating them, which I think is a huge, a huge, uh, a huge component. Cause, um, I've, you know, um, I, I did coaching for, for a few, for quite a few years. And I remember thinking like, um, uh, being at an industry event and t- us talking about like, you know, with our businesses and where we wanted to go with our clients, and I remember like always having the mindset that I knew that I had done my, my ultimate goal was to get a client to the point where they didn't need me anymore. Because if I, if, if somebody comes to me and then they need me for the rest of their lives and I'm really not doing a very good job, like I might be able to help them lose the weight or get in better shape. But if they can't after three months, six months, whatever, you know, whatever the, the targeted goal is after that, if they're not able to take that and live fully, I, I've really failed them, you know? So um, I, I think that's that's great that the education is such a big component of what you do because people need that. It gives them freedom, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and it works for people. I mean, anybody that work, meet them where they're at, right? So if there's somebody that's in the gym that's always lost 10 to 15, 20 pounds and then they gain it all back and they're just discouraged, they're tired of doing this over and over again, it works for them. Works for the person that, is thinking right now, do I have to work out? I don't have time to work out in order to lose weight. No, you don't. I actually have this structure actually starts you with all the weight loss, the education gets you to where you want to be. And then once you graduate from the program, you can go into my app, which will have workouts and everything on it. And from there, you can start to to exercise and follow the movements that I have in my app because I had my gym. I had trainers on working underneath me. I had that gym for over 15 years. Wow. So I I have that workout integration part as something that somebody can do after. Yeah. Okay. Now you're yeah. in Tampa, but you're able to work with people anywhere, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. That's yeah. The <laughs> Yeah, that that can be 100% virtual. Some of my old clients, I'm originally from Charlotte, North Carolina. So some of my clients there, uh, we have shipped off the the um, starter packs too. And, and they're, yeah. they're beginning it now that awesome. I'm, yeah. So awesome. yeah, it can really pretty much be from anywhere somebody um, would like to have the help. Um, we have check-ins every week, but we're also always available social media um, and also through email. Okay. Um, and then we have those calls with Dr. Pragerty every Monday night too. So excellent. Well, Zeke, I mean, your story is absolutely so inspiring, so inspiring. And like, uh, you know, um, like I said at the beginning of the show for any, anybody that, you know, walked into a room and saw you would never, ever, ever cons- think that you, your beginning was like it was. So, um, really a tremendous inspiration. I love, I love that your company's faith, like that, that you're faith based. I love that you've got that strong connection to your faith. Um, 
I think that's a huge testament to, you know, who you are, what you've been able to do and how you're able to share that and help and educate other people. I think that's just a, a, a really, really wonderful element of you and everything that, that you're doing with your company. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Um, Thanks, Tom. <laughs> again, for those of you listening, he's um, Zeke Sam- Sam- Samples. Yes. Zeke Samples with Surreal Body Health and Nutrition. We're going to have all of his information in the show notes. So if you're wanting to, if this, um, hearing this podcast has got you thinking that this, you know, got you inspired again to hit some goals, but maybe you're struggling, yep. Zeke could be the person to absolutely help you get there. And it sounds like he's got a wonderful program, some wonderful education, and a really wonderful team of support. So make sure you check out those show notes and reach out to him. And um, I've met him myself personally, really lovely man. So a nice, nice to see you again. It's been a while, but. <laughs> yeah. Great to see you. Thanks, yeah. Tanya. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Zeke. And thank you listeners for tuning in and joining us today. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please don't forget to give us a five-star review and tune in for our next show. I'm Coach Tanya, and we will talk again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe so that more people can find out about our show. Plus, you don't want to miss any future episodes with the amazing guests and topics we have lined up for you.